couple more predictions came in for some pretty impressive 2025 targets. We're going to discuss those two guys and more on today's episode of Locked On Sooners. You are Locked On Sooners, your daily podcast on the Oklahoma Sooners. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up, Sooner Nation? Welcome to Locked On Sooners, and thank you for making Locked On Sooners your first listen every single day. Today's episode is brought to you by LinkedIn. These days, every new potential hire can feel like a high-stakes wager for your small business. That's why LinkedIn Jobs helps find the right people for your team faster and for free. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash college. Terms and conditions apply. My name is John Williams. This is Josh Homer. Let's get to recruiting. The Oklahoma Sooners are crushing it in 2025 on the recruiting trail already have 10 commitments and look like they are trending in a very, very positive direction for a couple of prospects in which a couple of predictions came through uh, over the weekend. And the first one, let's talk about him. CJ Nixon, the top rated player in the state of Oklahoma, a guy that is being recruited by Oklahoma as an edge, but is just an Uber athlete also being recruited to play basketball. That's how Good of an athlete this kid is, just a all-around baller, both on the gridiron and on the hardwood. Yeah, and uh, where he's at in high school now, not shocking, but uh, he's a two-way guy, not in football, basketball alone, but he, he'll play some tight end. They'll line him up, and, and he'll catch passes and doesn't look uncomfortable doing so. I mean, probably if you're a two-sport guy, and you're going to be an edge or you're, you're a wing in basketball, chances are you move pretty well, right? And, and he looks that way. He's very fluid in space. So with that in mind, the fact that he's 6'5", 220, and uh, is a explosive guy off the edge right now, obviously he moves well. He, he runs well, and he can continue to add weight to his frame. He's already thought to be, at least by 24-7 sports, John, a big time blue chip talent. They've got him rated as the number 47 guy right now in the 2025 cycle. Number five edge uh, overall top player in the state of Oklahoma. He's got offers from a bunch of big time programs outside of OU. We like to play the offers game, right? How about Auburn, Baylor, Notre Dame, Oklahoma State, TCU, Tennessee, Tech, and uh, Wisconsin all on that offer sheet for CJ Nixon. And I would imagine that there will be more to come. But yeah, he looks like a, well, he'd be a really good get for Miguel Chavis in Oklahoma. Yeah. So Miguel Chavis is the primary recruiter there. So that is the one, the thing that kind of keys you in that he's going to be playing edge at the next level, at least for Oklahoma. Uh, but yeah, he got a little bit of weight to put on to be a bona fide, you know, every down edge player, but already has a really, really nice frame at six, five good length knows how to use his length really, really well. If he gets, within arm's reach of you, you're pretty much done as a ball carrier has a really good, does a really good job at, at kind of stifling at the point of attack, ceiling on the run game and, and not allowing things to get outside him. He, he's very disciplined player. And, and right now, I mean, Oklahoma doesn't have anybody committed in the 2025 class ranked higher than CJ Nixon. Now they've got a lot of targets that are still going to be, you know, bona fide five-star guys that they're pursuing and the, the rankings can move in a variety of ways, but 
this is a a legit dude on three also has him as a top top 50 player as well so you're looking at a dude that's very well respected across the recruiting services and that that ranking is going to continue to rise because he's just that good of a player so uh, that's that's the one uh, recruitment that looks to be going in Oklahoma's favor another one that we've talked about before on the show but also there was another prediction made in favor of the Oklahoma Sooners from uh, Josh McQuistion of on three and Sooner scoop predicted that Tory Blaylock the running back will also land with the Oklahoma Sooners now again we've talked about him son of former Kansas City Chiefs shout out to the Chiefs and Chiefs Kingdom uh, for that Super Bowl win uh, against the 49ers in a pretty pretty good game it was a uh, Sunday night, but Tory Blaylock, a really, really good running back and a four-star kid. Someone I, I really like, I like his running style. I like the sneaky speed that, that he plays with runs with a lot of patience and is able to allow his blocks to develop before just bursting through the hole and creating big plays. Yeah. And at times when you watch the tape, especially, you know, the first bit of tape, if you watch it, North South, just just get up, get downhill. But then, as you pointed out, you watch a little bit more of it, and there's, hey, I'm willing to be patient and let some uh, blockers develop for me. He's a sub eleven, one hundred meter dash guy, so he's he's also a track star, and uh, again, comes from that uh, lineage that's uh, pretty impressive. You mentioned Derek Blaylock, but each of his two brothers are college athletes as well. Travian, uh, a safety at Wisconsin, Taylor Blaylock, uh, Sam Houston safety. So, yeah, big time talent. And then, you know, one of the interesting things about these uh, pre- predictions is you just think about where Oklahoma's at in this 2025 cycle right now. We've talked about it on a number of occasions, but if you're new to Lockdown Sooners, gangbusters start to this 2025 class. And in particular, John, cleaning up in state. Uh, six guys already out of the state of Oklahoma in this class for uh, OU. And again, that's six of the top 12 names in the state of Oklahoma with maybe again, the top name in CJ Nixon. If you're believing these recruiting predictions shortly to jump aboard. So I chalk it up to you've built some big time relationships in state and now it's starting to come home to roost and they're taking advantage of it, John. And it helps that there's a lot of talent in this 2025 cycle, but also in 2024, they took six of the top 20 kids as well. And so, you know, this is a, a, a program and a coaching staff that wants to win at state. They want to get the best kids that they can. Now they kind of let one get away in Zadavian Sims in the 2024 signing class, but they were able to bring home Danny Okoye. They were able to, you know, to get a lot of the big name prospects in Oklahoma to stay home and that's only going to benefit them as they continue to build. And you don't want to see those kids going to Oklahoma state or across the border to Arkansas or to Texas or, you know, getting into the sec other places. I mean, it it seemed like for a time Michigan state was going to come in and and really wreak havoc and they have at times, but you know, it's been other schools as well. You know, you, you look at the 2024 signing class. Okay. Oklahoma had six Tulsa had three kids in the top 20. Oklahoma State had two, so you're you're pacing uh, the field right now uh, as far as in-state recruiting goes, and it's going to continue to grow. You talked about you know CJ Nixon in the 2025 class. If they do get that commitment, that's a number seven, and then Tristan Haynes, another one of the top prospects in the state of Oklahoma. Oklahoma is currently leading four, and I mean they're just really trying to lock down the state. Now this might be the best recruiting class that Oklahoma's had. 
um, in the modern recruiting era, based on the the number of talented four star prospects that are coming out of the state. But three star, four star, it doesn't matter. Oklahoma's wanting to get the very best kids that fit their program, and it looks like they're going to do just that. What's interesting, though, Josh, you look elsewhere, you look across the country at how Oklahoma's recruited, and they're doing as well out west as uh, their former head coach. And we're going to discuss that coming up next here on Locked On Sooners. And again, today's episode is brought to you by LinkedIn. These days, every new potential hire can feel like a high stakes wager. When you're hiring for your small business, you want to find quality professionals that are right for the role. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs has the tools to help find the right professionals. It isn't just another job board. LinkedIn has a vast network of more than a billion professionals, which makes it the best place to hire. It gives you access to professionals you can't find anywhere else. LinkedIn does all that while making the process easy and intuitive. Hiring is easy when you have that many quality candidates. So easy, in fact, that 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours. So go to LinkedIn.com slash locked on college to post your job for free at linkedin.com slash locked on college use promo code locked on college to post your job for free terms and conditions apply again all of our recruiting segments here on the locked on network are brought to you by linkedin jobs go to linkedin.com slash locked on college to post your job for free terms and conditions apply so on three the on three that has kind of come under some scrutiny based on the way the 2024 cycle played out given that they viewed Oklahoma's class maybe not as favorably as ESPN rivals or 247 sports. But what's interesting is you look at the top 10, and we can even go to the top 20 players in the state of California and where they signed. The Oklahoma Sooners matched USC and Lincoln Riley in number of top 10 prospects out of California and number of top 20 prospects out of California signed. The Sooners had a higher ranked player in the on three industry ranking than USC. And again, they had two players in the on three industry ranking. And so did USC. Why are we bringing this up? Because when Mr. Riley left to go coach at USC, what did he say? He says, I can think of no better place to recruit then at USC and the assumption was that he would go in there and he'd lock down the state of California and all things would be roses for the Trojans moving forward. Now he did have a pretty strong California recruiting class in that 2023 cycle, but Malachi Nelson's not at USC anymore. He's at Boise state. And in the 2024 signing class, Oregon far and away had the most prospects in the top 20 of the California player rankings for on threes industry. They had seven kids, but Oklahoma had as many kids signed in the top 20 as USC did in the 2024 cycle. Well, that's not a good recipe to a lot of success for USC. First of all, I, you can't let uh, Oklahoma, Alabama, UCLA, I mean, toss anybody, in-state school, out-of-state school, SEC school, Michigan, uh, Big Ten school, right, whoever. You're supposed to be cleaning up in the state of California. So that's not not positive for USC in terms of long-term being uh, successful on a national scale. For Oklahoma, it's just more evidence 
to how well this group has recruited. And I was trying to dig up the collective team rankings of uh, every cycle since uh, Brent Venables and company have been at the helm. And uh, to me, this is larger than, okay, Oklahoma in one class has out-recruited USC and Cali in terms of top guys. To me, again, that's that's one slice of the bigger pie, which was Lincoln Riley thought that USC it was going to be easier to recruit than Oklahoma. And uh, the resounding results since have been no Brent Venables in Oklahoma are recruiting as good or better than this program has maybe in its history or certainly for an extended period of time. And they're off to another fast start in this 2025 cycle, as we've discussed. So it's egg on the face for Lincoln Riley. It's not good for USC, but again, that's just one puzzle piece of Oklahoma has been very successful recruiting. Well, yeah. And so the other player that they had in the top 20 of California's player rankings was Davin Mitchell. And that was a kid that in the 2025 cycle, I think probably was like a top five kid in the state uh, back then, but then dropped, you know, reclassifies to 2024. Some re for some reason gets dropped lower than a lot of the kids. He was number 14 in the on three industry rankings for the state of California, but that just goes to show in my opinion. And yes, we can, you know, throw a little shade at Lincoln Riley and USC, but more than that, it shows that Brent Venables and his staff, they can recruit anywhere. They're not tied to just Oklahoma or just Texas or just Florida. No, they can go coast to coast and they can find players that are going to help this team. Again, Eugene Brooks, that's somebody that a lot of people are looking at that could have the Caden Green impact in 2024. The, the true freshman that could come in and become a starter for you on the offensive line. Davin Mitchell, another one that everybody's expecting to come in and play significant snaps for you at tight end. The, if those are the two players you're going to California and nabbing, I mean, that's absolutely huge. So especially along the offensive line where USC has had problems and then getting a skill talent like Davin Mitchell, where we know Lincoln Riley is going to recruit skill talent really, really well. But you were able to go into California and pull those two really highly coveted prospects to Oklahoma. I think to me, it speaks volumes of this staff's ability to recruit. And we've talked about it on a number of occasions. That's what's going to help Oklahoma be set up for not just short-term success, but long-term success. They're building something that is going to have staying power. It's, it's building it in the vein of Georgia and Alabama. Yes. You add transfers here and there. Yes. You're going to, you know, be, um, selective. You're going to, you're going to take your shots with your, you know, your Dion Burks, or the offensive line talent that you brought in this year. But what they're wanting to do and how they're going to build this thing for long-term success is through the recruiting ranks. And that means being able to go down into Florida to get Eddie Pierre-Louis, down into Texas to pull some of the top prospects like a Zion Kearney, and then going out west to California, you know, a place where USC should have it on lockdown. And if it's not them, it's going to be Oregon. And to be able to pull out these prospects, man, that speaks volumes about Brent Venables and his staff and their ability to recruit. Their ability to recruit nationally and their ability to create lasting, meaningful relationships with top flight talent. Uh, you mentioned, uh, obviously, Oklahoma and Eugene Brooks and Devon Mitchell here. Alabama, Oregon, each had multiple top 10 signees per on three from uh, California. So again, 
with USC letting multiple people, uh, you know, jump into the neighborhood and start plucking away the the top talent is just the the latest part of why things really aren't going great for. And this this is not just hey let's kick on Lincoln Riley when he's down again and again and again, but that's just not the recipe to be long term successful at uh, at USC. But for Oklahoma, as you mentioned, when you're talking about players that could be potential pillar players for Oklahoma, if not immediately, which Devon Mitchell, okay, uh, maybe a chance to help you straight away uh, in part because of need, but uh, down the road for Eugene Brooks to, or midway through, a la Caden Green, as uh, I believe you touched on, those types of players to get those guys nationally is uh, just gigantic for Oklahoma. Well, and the other part of that is, yes, we're throwing shade at USC, but also look at UCLA. Like UCLA can't recruit in-state either. They they don't have any kids signed out of the top 20. Their best player was the number 21 prospect in the, the player rankings. So maybe it's just a California problem. Maybe California is just going to have a hard time. If you're a California school, you're going to have a hard time keeping kids in-state. seems like kids are wanting to get out of state. you know. And, and again, compare and contrast to what Oklahoma is doing in their own backyard, six kids out of the 2024 signing class. You've already got six kids committed in the 2025 recruiting class with potentially two more or more on the way. And that's the contrast, right? It's okay. USC's having a hard time locking down California and granted the player pool, arguably it's better out there. So you're going to have Georgia and Alabama and Oregon and, you know, all the, the top flight schools coming into your state to try and pluck those kids and bring them to their schools. Whereas maybe the recruiting emphasis may not be as strong in the state of Oklahoma, but you're still not letting them get out of state. You're not letting your prospects and your targets leave. And you're not even, they're not even going to Oklahoma state or, or Tulsa or down to Texas to a lot of those schools where it would be an easy jaunt to go to Texas Tech or TCU or SMU. No, you're keeping as many of the top kids in your state as you possibly can. And I think that, again, that shows a priority and an emphasis on in-state recruiting. But also, we're seeing their ability to venture far and wide for prospects they think can help this team out as well. A team that went far and wide and came home looking pretty, pretty good. That's the Oklahoma softball team after their 4-0 start in Puerto Vallarta. We'll talk about how it came to be, some of the bumps in the roads, who stood out, our biggest takeaways from Oklahoma's 4-0 start in the Puerto Vallarta College Challenge coming up next here on Locked on Sooners. Get buckets with your first bet on FanDuel America's number one sportsbook because right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 bet. That's 150 bucks. If your bet wins, you can bet on all of your favorite NBA players and teams with quick bets, live same game parlays, exclusive props, and so much more. Again, visit FanDuel.com slash locked on and shoot your shot where, again, new customers, $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 bet. That's FanDuel, an official sportsbook partner of the NBA. The Oklahoma Sooners softball team went down to Puerto Vallarta and uh, played some pretty good softball, beating Utah Valley, Duke, Washington, 
and Long Beach State to come away 4-0. Now, Josh, it, it wasn't always easy. And it wasn't always simple and straightforward, at least after that, you know, win over Utah Valley. Uh, but they got the three nothing shutout of Duke and then the extra inning win over Washington, which was marred with a lot of controversy, uh, but maybe not as much as there should be based on some of the rules. Uh, then they came back and had a, a bit of a challenge from Long Beach State early in the in the game, but pulled away late. So give me just a few of your big takeaways from this game or from the weekend as a whole. It's tough to kill Oklahoma, the uh, three-time defending champion. Uh, it doesn't like to go down without a fight. Looked like maybe Washington was about to snap that extended winning streak for OU, and uh, the Sooners in the sixth said, "No, we're going to play on." And then obviously uh, they got the the game-winning run in the eighth. So just the again ability of this Oklahoma team to stay composed in a thriller and make plays late to go win is a, uh, it's pretty amazing what the program does. So, so that's, that's number one. And then number two, the uh, additions of the new arms, I thought Keeney uh, was a bright spot over the course of really the duration in Porta Vallarta, obviously uh, Maxwell uh, nice uh, outings. I thought for her, and then the third thing would be, you know, some of the new faces, a la a Cassidy Pickering, over the the course of this, these opening four uh, impressing for Oklahoma. So, look, you're four and zero. You beat two good teams in Duke and Washington. So, was it uh, a roll away start in each of those two games? No, but that's okay. That's good for Oklahoma. Yeah, winning is hard. As we've seen, UCLA is struggling to start the season, Florida State as well. So even some of the top programs in the country are having a bit of a hard time getting going. Oklahoma, yeah, they've had some bumps along the way, but they've played some good softball all together. You mentioned Kelly Maxwell. She's sown seven and two-thirds, hasn't allowed a run, just three base runners. She had the five-inning gem against Duke and then came back and threw two and two-thirds against Washington to help get the win in that one. Uh, Carly Keeney, again, also has been great. Uh, she threw four and a third innings of perfect ball against uh, Long Beach State after kind of Kirsten Deal was getting roughed up a little bit, and that one has started getting away from her. Carly Keeney came in and really shut it down, uh, retired every batter that she faced, and, and made it look pretty easy. Uh, Long Beach State wasn't really able to hit anything hard on her. Anything that did get hit, it stayed in the infield. And, and Oklahoma's defense was up to the task. Uh, you, you, know, you mentioned Cassidy Pickering. Right now, she leads the team in batting average and RBIs. That's pretty incredible. Even if, even though it's just one weekend, you know, for a true freshman to come in and do. We talked about, you know, the grand slam in her first career at bat for the Sooners. Well, she just continued to have big at bats throughout the weekend and put together a really nice four game stretch. Uh, also, you know, Riley Boone. I mean, coming away with the the game winning RBI. Right now, she's second on the team in batting average. She kind of gets lost in the shuffle a lot of times because she bats ninth, but she's a very, very important piece to this offensive puzzle. Alyssa Brito, she's already got three home runs on the season. She hit 17 last year, and she has she's going to have a chance to surpass that as well. So, I mean, the offense isn't necessarily clicking on all cylinders. I, I feel like, you know, we haven't yet seen the best out of Tiara Jennings or Jada Coleman just yet, but that's a scary thought. Because when they start when they start rolling, 
that's going to be really, really scary for a lot of teams across the country. Uh, you know, I thought Nicole May was was okay. I thought she pitched well at times and then and really, really battled, uh, especially in the uh, the opener. But I feel like her best days are coming as well. She's going to continue to get better and better as the season goes along. But, you know, Maxwell and Keeney, I mean, I want to see Keeney get some starts because I feel like she's earned the opportunity to do so at this point. Uh, but Kelly Maxwell, man, she's been at it as advertised. And, you know, I, I think that's going to be your big game pitcher uh, moving forward. When you have a, a, a top 10 opponent, it's going to be Maxwell getting the ball. Feels like it and uh, looks like, I mean, obviously very early in this thing, but she sort of came in with that reputation anyways. She's been that for Oklahoma State. And so probably, yeah, you, you got a bona fide ace there. And then uh, you've still got Nicole May, who's really, really good. Keeney, as we discussed, great start to her season and uh, a number of other arms to uh, to help fill out the situational uh, opportunities that arise for uh, Oklahoma Monticelli and deal. I think will just continue to get better and better and better SJ Garrett. So they're, they're in good shape in the circle, obviously not spotless for May to start a little bit Rocky, but uh, Hey, you're starting off four and zero. you beat two very good teams. It was a great resume trip for Oklahoma and Puerto Vallarta. When it's all said and done, I think, uh, you know, Washington and Duke will make that respectively stand up. So from where I'm sitting, you got a little bit of stress at times. You came out of it perfect, and uh, that's that's great. Saw, saw some challenges, uh, some obstacles here and there, but again, you're unblemished. And oh, by the way, the folks that you went into the portal to add to this team and the folks in this signing class that you brought in, those were kind of the leaders of the band in the opening uh, week for Oklahoma. So that's very positive. Yeah, Ella Parker also had some big at-bats that helped you a lot. And Riley Ludlam, I mean, I failed to talk about her. She had the game-tying RBI against Washington. She's batting 1,000 so far in the season with three RBIs. So maybe some more opportunities coming for her as well. Patty Gasso just kind of in her bag right now. She's tinkering with the lineups a little bit, giving everybody a lot of opportunities, which is only going to benefit everybody as you go down the stretch. Obviously, the, the lineup isn't set, I think, especially going into this next week where you're facing you know teams like – uh, I can't, I'm blanking on everybody. It's like central Arkansas and you know, it, it's, I'll talk more about it in detail later when I remember who's on the schedule, but it's not a, a, a big threatening uh, team of, or group of teams that you're playing, but you're going to see more lineup tinkering. You're going to see more, you know, shuffling of teams around, you know, you got central Arkansas, you got McNeese state and Lamar, uh, in a five game you know, set out there in uh, Lake Charles, Louisiana. So an opportunity for more of these youngins to get some at bats and get some opportunities, but it's, it's going to come together. You know, again, winning is hard. As I mentioned it on Twitter after Florida state lost winning is hard and Florida state fans took exception to me saying winning is hard and enjoy. Don't take them for granted. It was not at all meant to be disrespectful to Florida state just to say at some point this winning streak probably comes to an end and it's not the end of the world. This is a really, really good softball team. It's going to continue to be a really good softball team. Final note here, Oklahoma wins Bedlam in what was a weird, weird basketball game. Josh, just the, the officiating in that thing was just all over the place. And, but, and it wasn't a win that you're going to look at and be like, man, that was a quality win right there. No, you just got to win. You got out of there. 
That's really all you need to say. The headline from Sooner Sports, I think, is apropos. Men's hoops earns gritty bedlam victory. And uh, by gritty, they don't mean pretty <laughs> bedlam victory. The Yeah, the officiating had uh, fans and you know folks in attendance and on social media and on TV feeling some kind of way. But uh, a win is a win is a win. And the, the way that Oklahoma down the stretch, really the final four minutes, made a couple of shots, a couple of defensive stops, and made free throws to close it out, John. Take it and run. It's Bedlam. These guys swept you last year. They've, uh, with Boynton, kind of been a big-time problem for Oklahoma. And yet uh, they found a way to just get it done. That's a 10-14 and 14 Oklahoma State team now. So if we're talking at-large opportunity at some point, that was not a team that Oklahoma could afford to lose to, really, period, but certainly not at home. And uh, obviously, Oklahoma was able to avoid that. So take the dub. Let's move on. And uh, hello, Baylor. Yeah, they got a tough stretch coming up as they face four top 15 teams in their next five games. Baylor, Iowa State, Kansas, and Houston. Uh, not in that particular order. I think it's Baylor, Kansas, Iowa State, Houston. Uh, but Oklahoma State mixed in there as well uh, for the second half of Bedlam. So it was a must win. Based on what you got coming up in this stretch, you had to have that game. Oklahoma got it. Now you get ready for Baylor and hope you can steal one against a really, really good basketball team coming up. That's going to do it for today's episode of Locked On Sooners. Thanks so much for tuning in and being a part of the show. Subscribe to the show wherever you get your podcasts. We're free and available on all platforms and on YouTube. Hit that notification bell to let you know when new episodes drop. Follow Josh on Twitter at Josh on Ref. Myself at John9Williams. The show is at Locked On Sooners. But until next time, he's Josh. I'm John Boomer Sooner.